Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Thursday, which it means it's Friday Eve. So I had a whole nice show planned out for you guys. We were going to talk about the combine and we're going to go over my top running backs for the Steelers to consider and who you should be looking at. And then the NFL threw a complete wrench into my plans by announcing some stuff through Adam Schefter regarding the collective bargaining agreement, what could happen with the schedule, both in the regular season and the postseason. Today's show is going to dive all over that because these are major rule changes that appear that they are imminent for what the NFL could be expecting, basically changing how we watch football and how we understand a season in more ways than one. So I'm going to break down all all those changes, where they're at, what part of the process that they'll probably be dealing with, all today on the show. Let's get into it. So, you guys know. Uh, let me give you guys some pointers on who to trust in the in the media when it comes to reporting things. Uh, when you're dealing with national stuff, if if Adam Schefter says it, you don't got to check it. It's probably it's it's 99.9% true. Ian Rappaport says it. Yeah, maybe there's there's something there that we're not we're not too privy on, but Adam Schefter is the gold standard of breaking news in the NFL, and boy did he break some news in the NFL. This guy comes out with a full scale report on what's going on with the CBA. Now this has been in the background discussions. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you remember Tony and I talking about the new CBA and what it could be and what it might be and what it'll look like. And Adam Schefter's newest report on this situation sheds a lot of light as to what we can expect as fans of the NFL moving forward. It starts with it starts with Schefter going into how he has multiple sources and again, the guy has sources everywhere. When he, when he breaks something, he he usually has someone that he trusts and that they they're able to give him some valuable information. Um, but with this, apparently there were multiple sources that founded uh, his information on where this the CBA process is. Now, for those who don't know, CBA is the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL as an organization and the NFL's player association. Why is this important? Well, it establishes the rules and bylaws which this, the players have agreed to to continue to be employed by the NFL. You look at how things run in the NFL. Uh, if you remember, the NFL you know, brought up potentially making it mandatory for you know, different things like you know, when, uh, when, when the, the protests were happening and players were taking knees, and some of them are still taking knees, uh, but uh, when that was happening, the, the owners couldn't just say, hey, you all can't have to have to stand because technically they don't have that power. Um, and, uh, and, and if they did that to, if, if every single player decided to take a knee, they wouldn't have much ground to, to stop them because then they're going to be doing, you know, what happened before when the players were on strike. And I think that's the bottom line is that the players, the players association has never done a very good job at 
making it so that they are able to have an even ground with the uh, with with the NFL. The, the NFL's player association has gotten bullied. They very rarely get what they actually want, and I think that that has uh, that's that that has that has failed the players on many situations. But right now, the NFL is setting themselves up to dominate these negotiations. It's long been known that the NFL wanted to add a game or two to the regular season. That 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 part of it, no problem, no uh, <laughs> no claims of no claims of, of of new information there. We all knew that was coming. But what is new is that the is that they've already reached this part of the negotiation process where the where the NFL is comfortable putting that on the table. Now, again, for years the NFL has wanted to go here. You know, there's been debate since as long as, you know since the days of Heinz Ward being in the NFL. I remember this being a debate point that the NFL has been trying to push. They haven't been able to get it in the collective bargaining agreement, but it kind of seems like we're there. They're at a point where over the past decade and a half they've been kind of saying oh well we'll go for 18 games we'll go for 18 games if you give it or we'll we'll put out 18 games as a as a potential proposal but then if you want something if you want to get rid of that you got to give us something else so the nfl has kind of used this as a bargaining chip to hold over the players for quite some time well now they're going for just a 17 game season and it's kind. Of, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how the players' association responds, because on one hand, yeah, it's another game. Means more people can get hurt. Means a lot more, a lot more drama, a lot more uh, stuff they got to manage in what's already a physical and demanding season. So some players may cringe at that idea, but also this will mean that the players are getting paid more money, presumably. Um, but. You look at this situation, and you know I, I find it hard to believe that if they add this game on, that the collective bargaining agreement is going to somehow exclude players from getting a significant chunk of what's going to be added to the CBA. One, it means that players who are already under contract are probably going to get more money, and it also means it's probably going to see a significant boost in the salary cap, which means... If there's if there's a big boost in that, maybe it does open up the Steelers with more of a chance to sign people in the near future. It's something that they, that the Steelers should be planning on on potentially dealing with, which I think that they are. Um, but you never know until these type of situations happen. My opinion, I really think that this move could. Um, you know, I, I get that they've wanted more games for quite some time. I, I think people will kind of let this blow over. It's another week of football. People aren't going to compl- make too much of a fuss about that, even though football is a very physical game. It's very demanding, and more games kind of does create bigger, you know, more chances for, for those types of injuries. But I think by and large, this is going to this is going to be a, a, a monetary success for the NFL. So bottom line, they're getting their jobs done. Um, you know, whether or not this is finalized isn't sure yet. Adam Schefter said in his report on ESPN on this, on this subject that, you know, hey, 
you know, this isn't finalized, but this is on the table, and it's very serious. So when Adam shuts again, when he tells me that, I'm listening. So, there's that. They also talked about a playoff situation and how that could change everything up. I'm going to get into that right after this. Okay, so let's talk about the playoff implications of this entire situation. So, the NFL plans, and according to Adam Schefter, this is pretty much agreed to by both sides, and both sides being the players and the owners, um, but that the NFL playoffs are expanding to 14 teams from the regular 12. Now, what does that mean? That means that each conference is going to get uh, seven teams instead of six teams that make the playoffs. So presumably, this would include the four division winners and now three wildcard teams instead of the normal two. This, And also with this, it means that instead of two teams getting bye weeks, it means just the top seeds of each conference will make the buys, which means that the remaining six teams that make the playoffs would duke it out in the first week, and then the three winners would then move on to the second round of the playoffs in each conference with the worst seed playing the team that had the bye week. Now, there's a lot behind this. A lot to break down. Let's start with uh, where, where where the Steelers are, because that's what we really care about, right? We're the Locked On Steelers podcast. We talk about the Steelers. <laughs> so... um. I've seen a lot of reactions on social media about this. And I think going back through the entire Mike Tomlin era, they, if this rule had been, if, if they institute this rule, if you're thinking that it'd be the seventh, seventh place, the seventh seed could make the playoffs. Mike Tomlin's teams would have never missed the playoffs. And that's kind of wild to think about, right? Like you think back to, Back to I mean these past two years, the Steelers were the team were the one team out. In 2013 and 2012, it was a simple field goal that kept them out of the playoffs in both those seasons. So it's very interesting to to look back at those. And also, th- these are the only years. Uh, in 2009, I'm sorry, 2009 might actually be the one year that, that might discount this theory. But if if anything. It would mean at, at 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 best you could say, or at worst you could say that Mike Tomlin would have one year of not making the playoffs under this system. So Steelers fans might be thinking, "Oh, this is a great idea. You know, this this gives the Steelers a better chance when they're when they're having a down year, when their quarterback dies." But I have a bigger question: Is it really worth getting another playoff team in when? They're gonna be, you know, like like imagine that would that would have meant that Devlin Hodges would would have been in the playoffs this year. Now I know Tony's somewhere saying, "Yeah, give me more Devlin Hodges." Woo! I'm sitting here saying, "Is is that what we really want? Is that the competitive part of the playoffs that we that that we're really excited to see?" Now, all of this could easily be put um, into perspective by just what year that 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 seventh seed would have been. We've certainly seen teams that we didn't think should be in the playoffs that made that had some big moments. I mean, the Tennessee Titans this year, they were the team that got the sixth seed over the Steelers, and they wrecked shop. They, they took out New England in New England. They took out Baltimore in Baltimore, and they put up a pretty good fight against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, they, they put up an argument against that. Um, 
the Seahawks, even though they were the home team because they won the NFC West, they were 7-9 and nine when the beast quake happened. When Marshawn Lynch said, get off me, child's play, and he tossed half of the Saints into the next millennium. Um, but you look at all the big moments that, 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 that have happened in the playoffs, and you think of teams that have made crazy runs, you know, there is a sense of excitement here. But I, I don't know about you guys. I've always been for one. I like the NFL playoffs because it's exclusive. Because it, you know, yeah, there was like one or two teams that you might want to say that, like, oh, you know, they're they're not with the rest of these guys. But I've liked the NFL playoffs because it's not everybody getting in. You know, you look at you look at the NBA and you see, man, you know, there's the the last eight seed that really made some noise were my 2000 Knicks. I miss those guys, man. Y'all don't know. I grew up a Patrick Ewan fan and Allen Houston, Latrell Sprewell. And uh, this is a Steelers podcast, Chris. Get it together. Okay. Um, that's another day. But um, that was the last time the Knicks were good. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, but you know, the, the NBA, they have, they, they, they have, a, they have an overloaded playoff problem sometimes where it's like, you know what? These guys aren't ever going to be competitive. The NHL, you know, they, they have teams that can get hot, but by and large, more than half of the NHL makes their playoffs. If you're not as good as the top half of the league, why are you even there? And I just, I, I, I don't like systems like that. I don't like systems where more than 50% of the other teams make the playoffs. Again, it's, it's like all you have to do is just not stink, you know? Just be just be average. The, the playoffs should be the teams that had the best years. Not the teams that had the most average years, but the best year. And, um, and, and you know, I, I think that it... I, I, think, I don't think... I mean, 14 teams... It's still not push. It's still not pushing it to to the fifty percent, but it's of course closer because you know the NFL is thirty two teams, so half would be would be sixteen with six sixteen teams. That'd be your fifty percent mark. But I, I just I don't think that this is that beneficial unless unless you you, you think that maybe the, this would be some great these would be some great uh points here. Now now for example, um, if this would have happened this year, the uh, the playoff matchups would have been seated completely differently. The Ravens would have been the lone team in the AFC with a, with a bye, just as the Niners would have been the lone team in the NFC. Um, the Chiefs would have started off the playoffs by playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Kansas City. And uh, I just I find it hard, hard to see that Devin Hodges would do enough against Patrick Mahomes. The defense was tired by that point. I don't think they would have won that game. Um, on the flip side, you would have seen the Rams playing the, the, the Packers. You know, maybe that maybe that's a different thing. You know, you never know how that could work out. The Packers are a weird team; they're tough to figure out. And the Rams, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Um, honestly, that could be the most random of uh, of games, right there. But the point is, there's definitely. I mean, yeah, sure, there could be some cool moments that come of this, but I just I, I don't want the NFL to continue down this path. In over the next 10, 15, 20 years, because you're going to be sitting here still listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast in 20 years. And man, man, I remember when Carter told us about this a long time ago <laughs> and uh, thinking like, like, you know, like I, I just I don't want us to get to the point where we're talking about, you know, half the league being in the playoffs. I, I just think that's a mistake. I think it cheapens the playoffs. Um the playoffs should be for the teams that had that that either won their division or were so close to winning the division and were good enough to be in that conversation. And uh, I feel like even though there's 
even though there's four divisions for every conference, having just two of those teams make it, that seems fine by me. Um, so I, I get the, and again, I get that this is this is a move by the NFL. They want to increase their revenue. They want to make more money. That's all this is about. Because here's what's here's what's going to happen with, with with this entire situation, right? If if they if they add another game in the regular season, that means we're talking about adding 17 games total, which means 18 game regular season, 18 week regular season, because um, because that means that every team is playing 17 games and getting one 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 day uh, of a bye week. Um, it it also you know of course it expands fantasy football because now you're thinking oh that's an extra week where it actually counts because teams will be probably competing until their 17th game instead of their 16th game and uh, you know it, it's it just it, it's gonna add a lot more money a lot more TV deals a lot more TV spots um, and, and and that's something to to certainly consider um, you know if you're if you're the NFL how much money can can we make off of this. And then you look at the playoffs. You're looking at you're looking at having a couple extra matchups. Um, you know, as it stands, you look at how 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 it works, right? Opening weekend, you got four you got four games: two wild card games in the AFC, two wild card games in the NFC. Then the next week, you got two divisional games in the AFC, two divisional games in the in the NFC. Then you got your conference championships, which are two games apiece, and then you got your Super Bowl. So that's what. Three plus well, that's eight, so that's eleven. That's eleven games total under this system that they're proposing. You're talking about six games in the in the opening in, in the opening weekend of the playoffs. Six, and then so I mean, really, you're adding a whole new layer to how this is going to work because you're talking about the 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 second through the seventh seeds playing each other in each conference. Then the next week, I guess that would be next up would be the division round because then you're down to four teams. Um, in each conference, which means you're dealing with four games. Um, you look at that. So already there, that's 10 games and then three more with the conference championships and the Super Bowl. You know, you're dealing with 13 games there. So, I mean, you're really just adding a couple uh, on it. But again, I mean, you if you look at the numbers that N- that, that NFL playoff games pull, it's ridiculous. The, the Eagles-Seahawks game, I believe, had about 37.5 million people watch it to put into perspective with other games i think the it was the nba nba uh conference uh, no the nba finals last year pulled in about 14 and a half million people the major league world series pulled in about 13 and a half people the nhl stanley cup pulled in five and a half million people just a reminder the how far beneath everyone else the nhl is uh, when it comes to viewership and fandom um but the nfl for a playoff game in the wild card weekend between a Carson a Carson Wentzless Eagles and a Russell Wilson Seahawks team that was missing both his running backs and was and everyone was fairly certain that neither of these teams would make the Super Bowl it was watched by 37 and a half million Americans goodness me um and why wouldn't the NFL want more of those moments? And and again, with more playoff moments, you get more potential crazy moments and more potential upset moments and everyone tuning in. So it, it, it makes sense on a monetary side. But as a person who's been a fan of the game and loved watching it and has appreciated the playoffs, I, I don't 
I don't agree with just adding people willy nilly because then also you're, you know, you're putting, I, I think it's unfair to the two seed because it's like, Hey, so we weren't the one seed, but you know, we, we had the second best. I mean, that's always been an important reaching point was if you can get the second best record, you could still get a buy. Now you're not getting a buy. You're, you're getting the seventh seed as a team to play. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's real in the NFL styles, make fights, you know, the, just just because you had a better record than somebody if if you're a if you're a passing team and this team rushes the passer well and and is able to control the ball on the ground even though that they weren't as consistent as they, uh, consistent as you that then in that year they could take you in the playoffs after being the seventh seed but ultimately um it, according to Adam Schefter's report on ESPN this part of the, the the CBA has already been primarily agreed to. It's just the finalizing of it that that has to be talked about. So, um, that is, um, that that's an interesting place to be for the for the uh, for the league and the Steelers. Um, you know, will it who will it help to get in the playoffs next year? And, and also, the talk is now the 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 CBA part about the extra game that that won't necessarily happen this year. But the talk is that. The, the playoff structure could change as soon as this upcoming season. So um, we'll see if that holds true. But uh, there's a lot of things to consider here as far as what the Steelers' schedule could end up looking like in the near future and how to plan around it and, uh, and you know, how it impacts the salary cap and how we take in this great game of football. Okay, enough talking about the schedule. I got something really important to talk to you guys about, and it involves the Steelers' compensatory pick because that's something that we've overlooked, and I'm going to bring it up right here on the show after this break. Okay, so free agency is upon us, everyone. It's time to you know start talking about what players are going and coming, coming and going, going and coming, all those things, but. Um, I, I just want to remind you what I said yesterday on the podcast that don't expect the Steelers to make a lot of big moves in this department outside of keeping Bud Dupree. Now, um, we do a show on DKPittsburghSports.com called Sports on Tap, and I get to talk with Hunter Homestek, who's our he's one of our Steelers writers, and he's also covers uh, the University of Pittsburgh's basketball team pretty closely. Um, but uh, this week I did it with Dale Lawley, our Steelers beat writer. Dale and I have a really good relationship. Uh, he gives me a lot of insight on things he hears from the Steelers organization. He's a lot closer, he's, and he's also been covering the team since 1992. So when Dale says a couple says things, I do listen because I, I, I get a lot of uh, insight that confirm things that I that, that I believe. Like for example, we talked about Bud Dupree um, and uh, him signing a new agent, and Dale said, like I was saying on the podcast, he confirmed exactly what I was thinking, was that that means not much. I you know, I think it just means that Bud Dupree's gearing up to talk to the Steelers. Um, you know, so I don't think that that's, that, I don't think that, uh, that, that, uh, that that's, that's a big, that's as big as a deal as some people might be making it out to be for Bud Dupree. Um, he also, Dale also believes that Bud Dupree, he's, I asked Dale to put a number on it. He said 100%. Bud Dupree is back in a Steelers uniform next year. Dale Dale will give projections now and then, but he rarely gives guarantees. So when he when he said that, I was like, "Whoa, he he knows something." Um, and I, I think Dale just knows what we know is that they, the team's prioritizing it. When they prioritize a guy, he it's gonna happen. Um, anyways, 
what we talked about regarding this compensatory pick, uh, we were talking about the potential of it. Now, it, it could be announced as early as Friday that the Steel what what pick the Steelers have and what the compensatory pick situation um, is cu- coming out of coming out from the NFL. Now, the Steelers are projected to get a third round pick by all the measurables and the formula. There, there is a formula to figure out compensatory picks. Don't ask me to, to figure it out. I, I looked at it once and I was like, huh, how does this work? And I just was like, you know what? You guys just tell me what you get. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> um, but compensatory picks are a very delicate process. There's a lot of things to balance. But essentially, um, they are to, to help a team that is losing players in free agency without being able to recoup them. And uh, with compensatory picks, the Steelers, with losing Le'Veon Bell um, and other free agents in 2018, they were going to get, uh, going into the, well, I guess 2019, going into the 2019 season, um, they they needed something to be able to address losing Le'Veon Bell, losing LJ Fort and a bunch of other guys. Well, when LJ Fort was cut by a team that signed him, in the in the off in the off season, that meant that their claim to that pick was in jeopardy, which is why they had to release Dante Moncrief when they did, so that they could preserve that spot, um, uh, or the the potential spot of a compensatory pick. Now, if, if they don't get this compensatory pick, which I mean technically could happen, it's the NFL. Weird things happen all the time. They don't get this compensatory pick. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna there's gonna be a lot of people that are angry, a lot of people that are going to uh, be asking what's going on here. I I I think it's going to happen, and if it does happen, it's gonna happen in anywhere between the mid to high nineties to the early one hundreds, and that's gonna add another pick for the Steelers in the top one hundred, which is a highly coveted spot when you're in that top one hundred of of the draft class. Um, you have a much better chance, of course, of uh, of ma- of making it into the league and uh, um, and, and 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 getting players that are going to make it into the league and getting players that are going to be contributing either early or at least eventually as starters and reliable uh, players on the team. So I just I think that the right now the Steelers are in, are in a good spot. I think they're going to get the, this compensatory pick, um, and if they do, it means that all those mock drafts y'all been doing, you're gonna get another round to do, baby. Woo! Um, because um, and, and, and don't forget, I'm gonna be posting this up on Friday. Um, I'm gonna post a, a a Facebook post in our in our group for the Locked On Steelers uh, Facebook group. If you want to join and join in on the fun, go there, search right now for locked on Stealers on Facebook. If you, you just request to request to be added, I'll add you as soon as I can. Um, we have some fun discussions and I'm just giving y'all a heads up. We did mock draft Monday this week where fans submitted their best mock drafts. I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that again. This, uh, this upcoming Monday, but I'm going to, so, but I'm going to post something on Friday just to let y'all know. So y'all can get ahead of it, do some planning, do some tinkering, and uh, give me your best shots. We'll do we'll do it then. Um, but this, but just just remember that by by this time next week, um, we we may be talking about the Steelers getting uh, that compensatory pick, which adds another third round pick to their roster. So um, 
I think it's going to be interesting what positions are going to be available, what positions aren't going to be ravaged. Um, lots to consider here, and I will be keeping you guys as up-to-date as possible throughout the process. Combine is coming up this weekend. It starts, and it's going to go into next week. Um I'll be, uh, Dale, Dale Lawley's going to be down there. He's going to be, uh, I'm going to be talking to him as much as I can to get the insight for you guys from him, as well as keeping an eye on the results and, uh, updating some things. But for tomorrow, tomorrow, I, I'm going to do what I planned originally for today. And that's to talk about the running back situation. I still see that as the priority for the Steelers. Um, going to talk about some of the candidates and we're also going to talk about what other players you should be watching for in this NFL combine. Just so stay tuned next week or next week tomorrow. I'll be back.